This is Sister Lisa coming to you from the ILL, the Edmund Elder Library, and I am on the second day of my three-day monthly retreat uh, during the year of 2022. I have decided that I'm going to take the 20th, 21st, and 22nd of each month to add to my normal routines, um, something, do something a little bit different. Uh, I call it a retreat, a little time to reflect, relax, read, <laughs> do some things that I don't do on a daily basis as much as I should. Doesn't mean I don't do them at all, but I try to take like a little focus. And my daughter and I are, um, my my youngest daughter and I are painting the front porch, um, the rails. I had some uh, porch repair last. I must have been May, I think. I think it was the beginning of May. I had some porch repair, and so. Um, when they put the side rails and everything back up, they didn't put them back the way I had them. And um, well, anyway, it just needs some. It just needs some TLC. So we've been working on that um, yesterday and today. And um, just that's one of my. It's like at the end of my retreat, I can write down that I did this, that, or the other. Um, my daughter's went yesterday to one of my friends' house that told me that she had pears on her tree and I could have some. So they went to go get me some. They came back with just very few. And they were really small. And because the husband, her husband said, they're not ready yet. Give them another week or so. And so, but still, I was going to um, say that I, <laughs> I was going to make, I was going to can some pears on my retreat. Maybe next month's retreat, I can do that. Or sometime in between. But anyway, I did a little bit more reading on the, to Live Again by Catherine Marshall because you know I'm kind of doing two books at once uh, when God doesn't make sense is what I've been doing but last night on my retreat I came in here <laughs> I didn't sleep much last night I read, I wrote, I prayed, I thought I got on YouTube and found a whole bunch of songs that I forgot that my husband had sang and shared them to my playlist for this week um, so I can go back and find them again and uh, just different things but here I, I took notes from To Live Again, um, from page 153, chapter 9, page 153. From London to Glasgow by train, Heather was bending before the wind, and that reminded me, I didn't get very far, and it reminded me of something. In Kansas, we had wheat fields, golden and glorious. However, it was one day, when my husband Mark was driving, some youth from our church in a church van between Hutchison and McPherson that he saw wheat fields, one on one side of the road, beaten down and mildewed from a recent storm. But on the other side, not very far, was golden and healthy wheat, a field as far as I could see. He said it was there where he began weeping for God as God spoke to him through the wheat, saying that this was his people. Some were broken and needed restoration and um, calling Mark to preach because God wanted him. God wanted his people to be like the healthy wheat. Back to the book. The train sped towards Gretna, green and the border hills. Then the border country became mountainous, craggy, desolate. All at once, with no warning, a freshlet of tears overflowed. I put my hand down on the table. I put my head down on the table. 
before me and sobbed crying as I hadn't since that first Sunday in church after Peter's death. My tears were healing tears. That reminded me when I went, oh man, several months ago now, I went out to a grave site and one night just buckets of tears just flowed, just tears, just tears just flowed. And it's just like that dam had burst. I've cried before. I've cried since. But that particular night, I mean, there was just a lot of tears. I just really poured out before the Lord. And how much I love and miss my husband, you know. As did she, I'm sure, miss her husband. But I don't know if I told you yesterday. I'm sure I, I wrote it on something. I put it my devotional Sunday. But yesterday morning as I was praying, this isn't in my notes. <laughs> this isn't in my notes, but it fits along with the um, topic. Yesterday as I was praying, it's like God wouldn't let me stop praying until I said, I to thank. he wanted me to thank him that I was a widow. I'm like, I can't thank you. I don't like being a widow. How can I thank you for that? In that verse, in everything give thanks. In everything. In everything give thanks. And so I got to thinking about it and God was impressing on my heart too that if my husband had lived, I may have said this already, but if I hadn't, if if you hadn't heard that, heard my testimony about yesterday, you hear it. Um, but it's like, um, you know, he had a lot of he had a lot of issues, a lot of illnesses. I think I did say this, but anyway, um, he could have been um, he could have been. Uh, if he carried on, he could have had Alzheimer's like his dad did. And um, his mom had to be like around the clock caregiver and call in help, you know, help to help her to even bathe him and stuff. Of course, my father-in-law was at 20-something, probably almost 30 years older than my husband. But it's just, you know, we don't know. We don't know what could have transpired. Or if he, uh, if he was tested positive for COVID, he never did get tested. He refused to get tested. Um, he said absolutely not. But uh, if he would have got tested for COVID and um, put in a hospital, it could have been, it could have been uh, all kinds of medical expenses and treatments and um, complications. And you just never know. We don't know. We could speculate all day. But when the bottom line was, I was saying, "Thank you, Lord, that I'm a widow, that I'm Mark's widow, that I'm his wife." that I was married, that I got to experience the good times together with him. I said, thank you, Lord. That's what he wanted me to say. And that's what I'm going to work on, is being thankful in all things, in all things, giving thanks. Back to my notes. Chicago Herald Tribune said the best stories are those that really happen. The Boston Herald said a dimensional portrait. These are experts of some different... um, reviews that she was getting for her book, A Man Called Peter. New York Times said Grace and Charm. Des Moines Register said there is more than Peter and Catherine Marshall in this book. There is God. You will be sorry when the story is over. Only you will have a feeling that it isn't over. You will know the last chapter of A Man Called Peter cannot yet be written. On April the 23rd, 1952, Seven months after release, your book goes to number one on the Herald Tribune bestseller list of May 4th. Congratulations. That was from her publisher. Fan mail began to come from people who had read the book all over the world. 
a man called Peter was touching so many lives. People had come to know Peter Marshall, but far more than that, out of the pages had stepped a living Lord. Just a second. mail was coming in from all over the world. A man called Peter was touching so many lives. People had come to know Peter Marshall. But far more than that, out of the pages had stepped a living word. In letter after letter, the heart showed, and I, the author, could take no credit for such results. It was God's doing. With the sudden passing of Dr. Marshall, I felt God must care very little for his work to take away one so effective, but now I think I know why. His ministry is now far wider than ever it could have been. And, you know, that's what I thought from the very beginning. If you can go back to about six or seven months ago, when I felt in my heart that my husband had a burden for Goodland, Kansas, and for Western Kansas, and for the young people in Hutchison, Kansas, that we were the youth leaders. Now they grow up and have families. And people that he worked with here in, in Henderson, Tennessee, and in Jackson, Tennessee, and also there in Hutchison, Kansas, co-workers throughout, uh, customers from his trash route that he um, owned his own business, and just different things. Mark had a lot of contact with people and had burdens. But, you know, if I get this book written, it could be, it could touch many lives. I'm not saying everybody would want a book, but the ones who might want it. It could touch people from all these different areas, just as our devotionals and podcasts and YouTube channels are doing a little bit here and there. We don't have a widespread um, audience, but you know, if each one can reach one, if we reach the right person, just as her book, it was touching people's lives in different ways than she even imagined. Romans 8:28 says, All things work together for good. God works in mysterious ways. Had Peter lived, he would have never written this book. Then I and thousands like me would never have known of his life. God says, hand the grief, the failure, the disappointment over to me. I'm the only one who can take the broken things and mend them. Try me. Isn't this the meaning of the cross? In the cross of Christ, I glory, towering over the wrecks of time. Wrecks. Yes, that's it. The wrecks of our lives. The wreck we make of our world. The cross towers over us as a symbol. And what I'm working on. Paul said, I know nothing save Jesus and him crucified. Lisa. And then I didn't mean to on purpose, but when I turned the page to write a little bit more, I skipped the page. And so I think I'm supposed to go back and look up more about what Paul meant when he said that he knew nothing save Jesus and him crucified. And write on a couple pages about that, whatever I find. But there is a difference between God's ideal will and his permissive will. When circumstances brought death, God was able to step in and turn those circumstances to an alternate plan toward breath taking good. Toward breath taking, just take your breath away to think how God took this man's life, his testimony, of, um, 
how he took the the death of this man's life um, and used it for God's glory. They even made a drama, A Man Called Peter. It became a movie. It became, you know, widespread. And people was even touched from the drama, the movie, um, and different things. And this was like in the 1950s, I think in the 1940s and 50s. So, um, I think here in 2022, however long it takes me to write the book and start getting it out, A Man Called Mark Peter, or Man Called Dot Dot Dot, is what I'm planning on calling it. But you know, he wrote a song. My husband wrote a song, and I was thinking about that. It says, Lord, I praise you in the midnight hour. Lord, I praise you when I don't understand. Lord, I praise you in the midnight hour. Every promise in your word is truth. That's this first verse. There's more to it. But I was just thinking about that. I woke up last night around, I was up walking through the house and praying around the midnight hour. And I don't understand. But I'm thinking, the Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And as God's unfolding and telling me, you know, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That's one thing I got to do is read more of the word. Soak it in more. And he, he will give me wisdom. And order my steps in your word. There it is again. Your word. Every promise in your word, my husband said in his song, every promise in your word is true. And we got a book. We got a book. We got books. We got a, this is a library. We got a book called All is All the. There's a whole series. And one of them is All the Promises. When I get that out and study it, it's like all the parables, all the prayers, all the men in the Bible, all the women in the Bible, all the occupations. It's a, like an encyclopedia of all the different things. And um, one of them is promises. So I'm going to start studying that. So anyway, um, I'm ready to start chapter 10 of this book. And then I don't know tomorrow if I'm going to do some more of this Catherine Marshall's book or if I'll be back to When God Doesn't Make Sense. Because like I said, we're doing review of both books. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Keep pointing people to the cross. Love you. Bye.